Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast, Let's Have a Glass. Today I have my incredible husband, Chris Glass, to chat about photography and relationship. Chris doesn't drink alcohol, so we will be drinking one of his favorite beverage, Arnold Palmer. Let's get this thing started and let's have a glass. Hi, Chris. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you from, for coming all the way to our couch yeah. to have this wonderful conversation with your wife. You're very welcome. Thanks for picking up some Arnold Palmer for me. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I figured that we should start with photography and then take this conversation towards the relationship part of the, the interview. Because that's what the people want to hear about? I think so. Okay. I think it, I think it flows pretty well. Sure. So how did you get into photography? I've kind of always had an interest in photography. I've kind of, ever since I was a kid, have always been interested in photography. I think it comes from my mom. My mom was always the person who took a camera everywhere, no matter where we were going. In hindsight, it seems like even if we were going to the grocery store, she was taking some kind of camera just in case, because she loved taking photos of everything. That sounds about right. She takes photos of everything every five seconds. <laughs> exactly. And... Growing up, it was it was funny to me and my dad. We would be like, oh, God, why are you bringing the camera? We're going to the grocery store. Not She didn't really take it to the grocery store, but you know what I mean. And we kind of made fun of her for it, but she's like, I like taking photos. I like capturing memories. I like being able to look back at these things. And if you go to my parents' house in the den, you've seen it. They have a corner that is piled with my mom's photo albums. She printed them all. She got them put in photo albums. It's floor to ceiling bookcase of nothing but photo albums everywhere from when my parents first met to when they were dating to when they got married to when I was born all the way up through grade school and high school and what little college I did go to. And, you know, after I left the house, obviously photos of me kind of stopped But my mom never stopped taking photos. She's still, I mean, now most of it is on her on her iPhone. I think my photography obsession started with her. Do you remember what kind of camera she was using? I do. The first thing I remember was, I don't know if I don't know if people are familiar with this sort of thing, but when you you would get these mailers in the mail where it would say, Hey, come stay at this hotel for free in whatever town like tourist town. We have a room reserved for you. It's completely free, you know, three nights, come stay and enjoy. The only requirement is you have to attend this seminar for 30 minutes. And what they would try to do is get you to buy a timeshare at this vacation place. How nice. <laughs> so it was nice because, and there's a whole South Park episode about this as a matter of fact, but you could take your family on a three night vacation to some cool little resort. Yeah, that's true. For free, just whatever it costs you to get there. As long as you listen to some people for 30 minutes trying to sell you something. Yeah, but mom and dad had to go sit in the seminar while someone tried to talk them into buying into a timeshare. That The South Park episode, super funny. So the first thing I remember is a gift that they gave you at the end of the seminar for the timeshare as a thank you for coming to the timeshare. Whether you bought a timeshare or not, in addition to getting the hotel room, They gave you a camera 
and so she got a camera. It was a, I think a Canon AE-1 is a camera I shot for a long time until I lost it. I left it in San Francisco when I was there for my Apple Genius training. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was I, a sad moment. It was a very sad moment. It was, I, I actually cried about it because that camera was the camera that was given to my parents and that they actually used for a long time. I replaced it with another one, but it wasn't the same one, so it was it was a sad moment for me. But uh, the other camera I remember her always having was a uh, Olympus XA, which is a tiny little compact point and shoot camera. And I recently just asked them to try to find it for me because they're actually really popular cameras now and they take really good photos. So I'm trying to have them find it for me and send it to me. But I'm sure they will. No luck. Your mom is very organized with her things. I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna be an easy find. Yeah, but she has so many things. <laughs> that is very true. She literally has all the things. It's like hoarding things, but on a very, very organized level. Like everything has a specific place. Like it's not a messy a lot of things. Everything is just properly that's true. organized and placed away. That's right. But it just she literally has everything. She has a sentimental attachment to it. And for those of you who don't know, I'm an only child. And so is Audrey. We're both only children that don't want children. We're both lonely people that found each other. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's very true. I'm an only child. And so she, she has a very sentimental attachment to things. And so she, she rarely throws things away unless it's just trash and complete garbage she'll throw it away but if there's any sentiment of value to it at all she keeps it i like that yeah i do too i think it you know my dad's like gosh just throw some shit away but i understand i get it i'm the same way yeah and i feel like a lot of the times i don't know i feel like i would be more like your dad and be like oh i don't need this and just trash it but then at the same time two months later we're talking about it and now i want to take a look at it and I trashed it. Right. So it has pros and cons. Definitely. I like it. Who are your biggest inspirations? In photography? Yeah, photography. Like I would say... Obviously well, anywhere from, you know, professional photographers to just random, you know, random people. I love Helmut Newton. But I would say, like, my biggest inspirations are people that I know. Derek is probably my biggest inspiration when it comes to photography. I really love his style. He's someone I can talk to about it. And so... I think to me, having that accessibility adds more to it. Absolutely. Because um, it's almost you grow, obviously there's a friendship, but it's mm-hmm. almost like you grow a relationship around that, just that work and, environment. Yeah. And I know I said Derek, for everyone listening, doesn't know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Derek Woods. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you might know who he is, but if not. I feel like if you follow us on Instagram, you, you know you know who Derek, who Derek is. is. But if you don't, it's Derek Woods. You know, there's a lot of people that inspire me, too many to actually name. Obviously, Derek's one, Marcus Hyde. I love, love, love his work. By the way, Marcus, hope you're feeling better. Hope you're doing better. Marcus was in a bad car accident, so send him some love. But probably my biggest inspiration, though, is not necessarily single photographers, but just things like Playboy magazine, even Penthouse magazine, even though Penthouse was way more X-rated than R-rated. I completely forgot about those. Honestly, Hustler magazine, too, which was as X-rated as Penthouse and then some. I mean, you know, showing full dick and full vagina. (laughs) Um, Full frontal. Yeah, I mean, it was pornography. But, I mean, you know, like as a kid, I would see those things and not necessarily, I mean, obviously I would see those things as a kid and have the childish, like, oh, my God, I see her I see Oh, my God, a vagina. Look at her nipples. But at the same time, 
there was something very different about seeing a naked woman in a magazine in that way versus in like a catalog or something. There was something very enticing about it. Obviously, the beauty of it was enticing about it. But, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from Playboy, especially because the way it was shot. It was shot artistically, not for the value of just showing a woman's boobs or a woman's butt. Yeah, it's always... It's always been done very tastefully. Like right. nothing ever looks trashy. Yeah. Not that trashy is bad. Sure. But it just, it's always presented as such like just a classic. Yeah. Like woman's body is beautiful. Yeah. Here it is. Which is why I also brought up Penthouse because Penthouse tried to do a lot of what Playboy was trying to do. But Penthouse said, we're going to show full genitalia, not just boobs and butts. We're going to show full frontal female genitalia. Full vagine. Yes. But they didn't do it in a, gosh, I'm contradicting myself, but I'm saying they didn't do it in a full pornographic sort of way. There were times that they did, but they had an art to it. And, you know, and I also mentioned Hustler for the simple fact that I think Larry Flint is an amazing person. I know there are going to be people listening to this that are going to get probably offended by that. And they're going to say he's a womanizer and things like that. And, you know, I, I think there's there's sides of that, too. But what I think he did for freedom of speech and for, you know, fighting censorship can't be talked about enough. Absolutely. He basically said, you can't tell me what I can put in a magazine. I can put whatever I want. And that's true because you don't have yeah. you don't have to fucking buy it. Right. You don't have to look at it. If it's not your thing, keep on looking for different magazines. Right. He didn't care to put himself on the line to protect the the freedoms that we have as Americans to say what we want, look at the things that we want to look at, and if you don't want to look at them, you don't have to. Again, I'm sure he's done horrible things. Almost everyone's done something horrible. Yeah, I, there's I'm, two side, you no, know, there's no, two sides of the story for everyone, for everything. Sure. So. No one's perfect. And I'm sure there's people listening that don't have a great opinion of him. And I respect that too. Part of what I'm talking about here is the freedom to be able to have your own opinion about things. And I think that the reason I also look to to that sort of photography and gravitated towards Playboy and things like that was because of someone like Larry Flint who who pushed our freedoms and pushed the government to not be able to censor us. I know that went way off topic. That's fine. But that's what that's what this is about. That was inspiration to it's me. Just yeah. Yeah. Wherever it takes us. Yeah. But I think I only named two actual people. That was Derek Woods and Marcus Hyde. But there are countless more people. Helmut Newton I did mention. I mean as well. it's also I feel like now with the internet, I know that that's kind of like a never-ending circle of like, here are the it is. 500 people that I follow, we c- we could have all a, for different reasons. Yeah, we could have an hour-long podcast of me going through the, some of the people I follow on Instagram, and I could tell you about how they inspire me. I will say, I'm not just inspired by photographers who shoot women. I'm just inspired by photography in general. There's so many talented photographers that I have post notifications turned on on Instagram because I want to know when they post photos so I don't miss it. I wish that would work for me. I have this whole thing (laughs) with Instagram that I have the (laughs) notification. That's the wrong one. (laughs) There you go. I have this ongoing issue with Instagram, many other issues with Instagram, but I have my notification turned on. So when people like Chris and other of my friends post photos, I can see it. And no matter how many times I turn it on and off and on and off, 
in a hope that it's going to fix the issue. It doesn't work. To this day, it only works for Derek Woods and Julie Woods. They are the two only people that I'm always notified that they've posted. And they're the two only people. It will not work for anyone else. So thanks, Instagram. Please fix your shit. Thank you very much. By the way, how's your how's your Arnold Palmer treating you? That shit is so goddamn sweet. I I can't do it. This is the no sugar one too, so it's, it shouldn't be super sweet. Yeah, but it's fake sugar. Well, yeah. Which is even sweeter than regular sugar. It just it's a lot. I'm having like one sip of Arnold Palmer for like five sips of water to mm-hmm. kind of water it down because it's really intense. And a little backstory as to why I picked Arnold Palmer. Why do you love Arnold Palmer so much? I don't know why. I do know that growing up, my grandma used to make tea by the gallon. Like, Good Lord. Yeah. And it was so sweet. It was practically syrup. <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't that. I mean, it was very sweet. <laughs> you just strain your drink into a glass. Yeah. So as you know, I love tea equally as much as I love coffee. So I think I just made the transition into Arnold Palmer. So much so that I have... If you guys know the Arnold Palmer can, it has a little umbrella on it. I have that tattooed on my wrist because of how much I love Arnold Palmer. That's a bold move. Yeah, it's also a bored move when you work at a tattoo shop. Yeah, that's fair. We all have stupid things. I have a sushi roll, but <laughs> that was not a bored thing. <laughs> that was a very smart move yeah, because, yeah. you know, 15 years later, I still harass Chris to eat sushi Every goddamn day. And he says no every time. Not every time. You only say yes if it's sugar fish. That's right. But sometimes I like white girl sushi. I don't. I do. I don't. Well, well, well. Back on track. Next question. Sir. Okay. What kind of cameras do you like to shoot and why? Well, I primarily like to shoot film cameras. Reason and being, that's an expensive habit. It is an expensive habit. But the reason I like to shoot it is because, and this is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the short answer, and then I'm going to explain why later. The short answer is the images that come out of it, I don't have to do anything to them. That's the short answer. The long answer to that is I love the way they look. They do look amazing. Whether it's 35-millimeter film, whether it's 120. By the way, when I, sh- when I say film, I mean kind of a broad, a broad spectrum 35 millimeter film and 120 film, I shoot Kodak Portro 400 about 99.9% of the time. Just love the way it looks. Derek turned me on to that several years ago. Haven't looked back since. It's pri- I mean, it's literally the only film that I buy. I did just buy two rolls of some other brands of film just to try them out because I would like to see what other film look like, but nothing's ever going to beat that. And also by film, I like to shoot Polaroids. Love me some Polaroids. Love Polaroids. Also still expensive. <clears throat> but from what comes out of a Polaroid, you can't you can't replicate that unless you're shooting a Polaroid. Yeah. There's it's no almost like that also that little challenge of like hit or miss that you absolutely have to make sure of what you're shooting because you can't retake it. Yeah. And that goes that goes into why I like to shoot f- when you ask what kind of cameras I like to shoot, that's why I like to shoot film. It forces me to slow down when I'm shooting. It forces me to care more about what I'm shooting. I can't just start clicking the shutter button and just whatever comes out, comes out. Going wild. Spray and pray is what they call it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You can't do that. You're limited by how many shots you have on the roll and you have to get that shit developed. 
and that's expensive even after buying the roll of film. So it's a whole process. You have to care. And so I think that's why I like shooting film more so than anything. What's your favorite your favorite film camera? I I don't have one. What is the new small one that you bought that takes the most just the sharpest, most colorful photos I've ever seen in my life? It's a Contax T three. It is that thing is wild. It's wild. Um There's a funny story about that camera. For the longest time, I wanted a Contax T2, which was the predecessor to the T3. And we're talking, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about like a small pocketable point-and-shoot film camera. It looks like a camera I would have had in high school. Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, I wanted a Contax T2. Thought, oh, I'll get one one of these days. And then about two years ago, a young lady by the name of Kendall Jenner, who... Who's that? Who is a decent photographer... I mean, granted, she shot magazine covers with this Contax T2. I don't know that she would have been able to do that if she wasn't Kendall Jenner. But at the same time... Most likely not. The photos she's, that she does take are not bad photos. So anyway, Kendall showed up on the Jimmy Fallon show one night, and he was asking her about her photography. And she says, oh, I have my camera with me. It's right here. And she pulls it out, and Jimmy decides to show it to the audience, and the camera zooms in. And from that point on, that camera... Doubled and tripled in price. Which, I mean, is fair. Like, that's a great business move for the company, but at the same time, it kind well, of sucks. Well, this is a camera that's not made anymore. Oh, okay. That, oh, so then, yeah, they can absolutely do that and get away with it. Correct. This is not a camera that's still in production. This is a camera from early 90s. I was about to say, it, I mean, like I said, it <laughs> looks like a camera I would have had in, a, in high school, so it really has the look of a 90s camera. Yeah, I think it's a, an early 90s film camera. So she used a T2, showed it on Jimmy Fallon. Prices of T2s went through the roof. Guilty by association, the Contax T3, which was the successor to the T2, also went up in price. I happen to think the T3 is a better camera than the T2. It is more, it is smaller, so it's easy, you know, pocket, more pocketable. But I think it takes a better image. That's my opinion. There's hundreds and hundreds of blogs that will tell you the T2 is better than the T3, but I like the T3. That is one of my favorite cameras. My, I also have a Mamiya RZ67 Pro 2. I was about to say, that's probably my second favorite, or if not, it might actually be equal with the with the other one. Yeah. But those photos are just incredible. It, between the two of those cameras, it's really, really difficult to not get a good image if you know what you're doing. I think my weird thing with it, like I don't, I have no knowledge about photography besides, you know, just snapping photos. I've always owned a camera, whatever camera that was affordable at the time. Sure. And really just to take probably pictures of my friends and parties and whatever. Right, exactly. But I'm blown away that the photos that come from those two cameras look more sharp and detailed than a digital photo. Yeah. And I think that's what I can't wrap my brain around. Yeah. So the Mamiya is a medium format camera, so it takes large, large images. It's so good. Yeah, they take great Im- they take great images. And the Contax takes amazing images as well. It has a Zeiss lens, and I could nerd out all day on the tech specs on that thing, but I won't. But at the same I won't. time... You won't, because I'm going to stare at you like, what are you talking about right now? Yes. So those two, those are two of my favorite cameras. I have a Leica M6. That camera will live... In this family until the day I'm dead and gone. It will because I bought it. Right. <laughs> um, 
but it's not going anywhere. It doesn't. I mean, and uh, that means a lot to me as well, but it, it wouldn't matter. I would never sell that camera. That camera's legendary. It takes legendary photos. Especially that I bought it from Derek Woods. That's right. That's right. It came full circle. It did. But all that aside, it's a legendary camera. There's n- there's no way you would ever get me to get rid of my Leica. That being said, my Polaroid SLR 680, by far the best Polaroid camera ever. That's a giant one, right? That's the one that folds. That, yeah. Yeah. I have two of them, as a matter of fact, because uh, I'm so afraid of one of them not working that I have a second one. Is that the one I got you for Christmas? It is. Oh. I already that's, had one. You bought see, that's me a how much one. I have no goddamn idea what yeah. this is. I bought some of those and I don't even I, know what they are. I tricked her into buying me a second one, even though I already had one. Just a backup. Yeah, it's a backup. Who knows? But what's funny is I said it was a backup, but I end up now at photo shoots putting regular white Polaroid in the one, and then one, a fun and then a Polaroid fun one in another one, in the other one. That's a good move. Yeah, that also saves you time from having to refill. One or the other. Yeah, seriously, especially since I have to refill all the cameras at all my shoots. If there's anyone wanting to assist on one of my shoots, hit me up. But yeah, I can't pick a favorite. They all are favorites to me because of different things. There's not one that stands out above the others. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like they, um, because they all take very different photos. Correct. I don't think it would be fair to pick a favorite. Sure. And I do shoot Instax as well, in addition to Polaroids, which, you know, I I mentioned that separately because, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine when people call Instax shots Polaroids because they're not. It's a different thing. Yeah, it's a very different thing. I get that it's like people calling tissue Kleenex. Well, I think it's also, I think it's maybe like a newer generation thing. It is a newer generation thing. Because, I mean, the current generation, the probably no polaroid exactly yeah so that's fine but it is another type of film camera that i shoot and then you weren't specifically asking about film but for digital camera i'm team sony all the way and that's why you just made me buy a sony i did i audrey just bought i mean i had a tiny sony she did and i bought a big sony she practically bought the same digital camera (laughs) that i use for my photo shoots she basically has the same camera so I had that little camera, which was super fun. Sony RX100 Mark V. But my thing is that I always have the newest iPhone. And if I'm being very, very honest, there's probably not a single time that I've taken a picture of something with my phone and the camera. And I like the camera photo better. better. Right. Like my phone has always done the job. And I mean, that's just way more... Convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient and easy. It's already there to edit and whatnot. But my thing is that when we travel, I would take a picture and be like, oh my God, nailed it. Look at this. And then show Chris and he would be like, check this out and show me the camera he took with his camera, the photo he took with his camera. And I would be like, are you kidding me? It looked like I took my goddamn photo with a flip phone. So yeah, when you're comparing a full frame yeah, but that's what I'm saying. to and we an have iPhone that's... Big travels coming up. Right. So I didn't want... Because every time he does take photos like that, and I'm like, damn, I want my own photos looking like that. But I just couldn't really... Well, now you can. I feel like I didn't have like a 
actual reason to go out of my way to buy a really nice camera. But now that going to Portugal and going to Japan and I need to have something to take the best photos ever because it's not like I'm going to go back to those places a million times. So I'm really happy with my purchase. Yeah. No, I mean. Thanks for convincing me, Chris. You're welcome. It's it's one of the best cameras on the market right now so it's pretty cool nothing but the best for the best <laughs> i try i try now hopefully i'm gonna take cool photos that's oh, you, well you always take great photos that's the thing like you have a very good photographic eye you see photos the way that they should be taken that's fair you you have a photographer's well because i can see like i can visualize what i want my photo to look before taking the photo correct now it's just a matter of you learning to manipulate the camera to capture the image that you want to take. Yeah. Right. Which you've been giving me little courses here and there. So that's pretty good. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Of all the kind of photography, why did you take the path of boudoir nude photography? Well, as to go back to our earlier conversation about growing up and sort of being inspired by Playboy magazine and things like that. That was always something I wanted to do. It was just something I never, never knew how do you do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think especially as a guy. Yeah. I feel like a like a woman photographer, that's a that's not even a question that sure. probably crosses your mind. You ask your friend like, wanna get naked to take some <laughs> photos? That's that's like a two minute conversation. Sure. But when you're a guy, that's a whole different approach. Yeah. And I guess it depends on the the guy too, not to, not to generalize because I typically don't want to generalize anything, but. But most guys that does nude photography is on the creepy side. Well, that's the thing. I didn't, I never knew how to approach doing it because I'm not a creepy guy. So I I wouldn't just like be like, Hey, want to take some nude photos? Like I was never, I'd, I'm I'm actually a pretty shy person, so asking someone to take nude photos, let me take nude photos of them, is way out of your comfort yeah, way zone. Way out of my comfort zone. But what you didn't know this whole time is that that was actually your golden ticket. Well, my golden ticket to what? To doing nude photography. Sure, yeah. Because if, as a woman, the guy that is almost not sure and like shy and awkwardly trying to get into that kind of photography, you know that that dude is not going to try anything on you. Sure. You know that they're not going to be creepy. No, no, no. The yeah. overly confident, cocky guy, you're like, oh, hell the fuck no. I am not undressing for you. True. To rewind a little bit, when I really got serious about photography and not just as a, oh, hey, yeah, I have a camera, but I don't really use it. When I got serious and started learning and trying to be a better photographer, I was taking more landscape and urban slash like cityscape photography. And I loved it a lot. You were amazing at it. Thank you. But what happens is like there was always that part of me that wanted to shoot models and that wanted to do that style of photography. But again, because I wasn't sure how to approach it and I wasn't sure what was my step into it, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this photography that I'm doing, landscapes and cities. This is fine. I'll stick with this. And so I did it and just kept doing it and kept getting better at it. But I think that confidence in doing that and getting, you know, some recognition from my peers and from strangers and from people that I look up to saying, wow, I really like your work. 
gave me the confidence to then do the things that I wanted to do in photography in addition to your support. Because the other side to that coin is, sure, I would love to shoot, you know, boudoir style, nude, implied nude photography, but how does my wife feel about that? That's a question that a lot of people actually ask me. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a question that a lot of people ask me too. How did that conversation go? Well, to be honest with you, I don't even remember because it went exactly as I expected it to. Yeah, we almost, there was pretty much not a conversation about it. Well, what I'm going to tell you is, which I don't even know, this is how I remember it, is I don't know that we had a conversation about it. All I remember is you saying, just fucking do it. Like, stop talking about it. Just do it. That's my kind of personality. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a pushy kind of person. Well, I'm not a that, risk taker. No, it's not that you're pushy. Yeah, risk taker, yes. But it's not that you're pushy. It's a, you're a don't talk about it, be about it kind of person. Yeah. Talking about it won't do anything. You have to act on it. Exactly. I won't get into this, but like, which I don't know if this is coming up later when we talk about relationships, but that's how our relationship started. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah, exactly. Either you want to be with me or you don't. Yeah. Prove it. And so you kind of had that same approach to me when we I started talking about shooting models. You said, okay, do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember that the only thing that, like the sort of conversation that we've had to approach it is that your first photo shoot with a model, that it would just be like you and the model, that you asked me if I wanted to be there. Yeah. And if not, how did I feel about Yes. Pretty much shared like yes. how I felt about it and how you felt about it. Right. And I was like, I I was not planning on being there, but if you feel more comfortable if I'm there, then I will be. And then your approach was, I think I'm going to feel almost more pressure if you're there. Yes. Because especially when you start having people watching you, because in a way it's work, mm-hmm. having you people doing your art you can't have someone being like oh maybe you should try this maybe you should try that because then that's so it just takes it out of you it does yeah and yeah that was a i do remember that so i think that was pretty much and you know that was a five minute conversation of like okay if you think you're gonna take better photos being by yourself then go by yourself and if down the road you feel like you need my help then i'll be there yeah and that's That was pretty much it. Yeah, that was it. And I mean, also the key to it all is just that I've always made sure you're a part of it, whether you're there or not. Also, the big key to it is you're not an asshole. Well, sure. (laughs) Which is, you know, because I feel like we would have been in this situation when I was 25. That would have probably not happened in this direction or, you know. I'm just saying that when I was 25, I definitely did not have the trust that I have now that I'm I'm in my 30s. Sure. Well, when I was 25, I was a different person as well. Yeah. You were probably a dick and I was probably crazy. I don't think I've ever been a dick. No. But you know what? Like, I think when you're in your early 20s, you don't see things as serious and damaging as they can be. Right. You don't see things from all sides either. No. Which I feel like now, I mean, we've been together for seven years. We've been through many failed relationships. Like, we know what works, what doesn't. And I feel like since day one, we've really agreed on how this relationship works. Of course. So, And I think we've also been, I feel like we're now moving into 
relationship. That's fine. We okay. can we can bounce back and forth. <laughs> I feel like it's always been our communication. Absolutely. Like you see the photos before, I, like the same time I'm seeing them. Yeah, and I love like I make my little piles of yeah my favorite photos, and we really kind of have a fun process of because I think it's also. It's fun for me because I kind of tried to put myself in the place of the model of like, oh, what are good angles? And like, I don't know, maybe I see things as a woman you do. that a guy wouldn't see. Correct. And I'm like, ooh, that like that the way that her leg is is not flattering for this. Yes. Or so just to kind of give my two cents on like those little details. So I feel like, yeah, like that's you said. So, that's so valuable to me. You're not at the shoots with me, but like I instantly come home, show you all the Polaroids and Instax that I shot and then upload all of the digital files into Lightroom. And then for those of you listening, Audrey and I sit down and she goes through all of my digital shots. And I five stars. And she five stars all of her favorite ones. And typically they are all my favorite ones. Yeah. And that's the ones that we use when I use digitals is the ones that she chose. And in a weird way, I mean, I'm fully assuming, I feel like for the models, it probably feels better knowing that the photographer is married and that the wife is obviously, you know, aware of it and kind of like part of the process. I would feel so much more comfortable and just get kind of in the zone right away and not feel like creeped on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing too. Like a lot of times when people critique my work, they say, when I look at the models that you shoot, you can see how comfortable they are. And I think that's part of what the magic is with the photos that I take. I don't necessarily think I'm the best technical photographer in the world. I just think that so far I've been fortunate enough to work with models that I've had amazing rapport with. And you're a very, as shy as you can be, you're a very friendly person. Sure. So I feel like it's really easy to break the ice and get like, you're a funny guy. And so I think it's so easy to get comfortable and you can see it because not only in the photos that you post, you can see that the model is comfortable, but between you and I, when we go through the photos, there's always like photos in between that. It's like the model is like laughing laughing between two poses or like making like a silly face. You obviously don't do that if you're in an like an uh, uncomfortable awkward. shoot. Yeah, exactly. That speaks for itself. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love the concern in your eyes of like, is this a compliment? Yeah, I had to think. Were, it is. Were you just complimenting me or yeah. were you just telling me something? No, no it is I, a compliment. No, I really appreciate that. And like I said, some of the feedback that I've gotten on on most of the photos that I that I post is that you can tell that the models are comfortable and that they're that they love being in that moment. And that that means everything. If I got five good photos out of a shoot, but the model had a good time and I had a good time, great. Exactly. That's The experience alone was good enough, and we got five great photos out of it. And the thing is that, like in any other field, having a model that feels comfortable right away and has such a good time, they most likely know a lot of other models and they're going to be like, you have to shoot with Chris. Like, it's so fun. You're going to have a blast. You're going to get so many good photos out of it. And I feel like it just brings so many people in. Yeah. Luckily I've had that good word of mouth in addition to 
you know, reaching out on my own or them reach, reaching out to me. Which is the best. Oh, it's great. I like that. Yeah. yeah I like that way better than it's almost like, like meeting with strangers, but they're not like fully strangers yeah, in a way. Absolutely. Hold tight, everyone. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back, guys. My next question is, what do you love most about photography overall or the type of photography that you do? What do you love most about it? The challenge. Explain. (laughs) (laughs) It's always challenging to try and get the image in your head onto film or digital, whichever it is you're shooting. You, You have this vision in your head of that person in that outfit or not in some cases in this location and I know what it's going to look like on this type of film but then making that happen translating it from what's in your head to what's on that film is what makes it so fun also what I love about it is the friendships I've made from it both with the people that I shoot and fellow photographers I think this is also a big proof of how friendly you are Because in the short amount of time that you've been shooting models, you've met so many people, it kind of blows my mind. That's true. I think the connections and the friendships and the that sort of thing, I think, is the most rewarding. Generally, the people that I come in contact with and I choose to spend some time with, especially if I'm shooting them, typically are going to be really nice, awesome people. You can kind of tell before meeting them whether or not that's going to be the case or not. So I've been very fortunate to have worked with some great, great models. And that's very rewarding when you get the opportunity to take photos of those people. I agree. And I love the reaction that once you get the film back and things like that, or once you scan everything and you start sending it to the models, the reaction is my favorite part. I think that's what I wait for. Like, the whole time during the shoot. Because they're always the whole, so surprised well, I, in a good way. Not that they don't expect it to be good, but sure. I think they probably have the same reaction where in my head, a lot of the time, people that take film, it's like, you know, it's grainy. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes not like as bright or ca- yeah. almost looks like an old photo. Yes. And I think like a lot of the time, the ones that you take, you're like, I don't even see something this freaking bright with my eyes. And I don't understand how this image is crisper and brighter than real life image. On a film camera. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's like one of the best things is, is when I get the Polaroids or the Instax all scanned in. The film comes back from processing. Once all that stuff comes back and I start sending things over to the model, typically the Instax and the Polaroids I scan either the night of the shoot, after I shoot that morning. He wears a white gloves and I call him Michael Jackson <laughs> the entire time. I don't want to get fingerprints on them. And then It's a cute little setup. And then it's either that night or the next day, usually, I start sending those over as they're scanned and the reaction I get almost every time I can't think of one that didn't give me just an overwhelmingly, Oh my God, I love these images. I mean that that's so rewarding. And I think it would be a thing if you would send the images to the models and they would obviously overwhelmingly be happy, but then that could be the end of it. But the second you send them, it's like for the next days, if not weeks, they're posting. They're them. just posting yeah. them on their Instagram and in their stories. Like, yeah. 
one after the other of like, oh my God, this one. But hold on, what about this one? Yeah. But wait, I think this is my favorite one. It's just like this unrolling that, oh, the next roll of photos are coming and they're like, oh shit, those are even better. And yeah. it's just kind of I never think, ending. I think That's every amazing. time it shocks me and I think every time it surprises me and just makes me feel so good. Well, because I think you're better than you think you are, well, sir. That is a fact. And it's not that I don't think I'm good. It's just I don't ever, again, it goes back to like trying to get that, that vision you have in your head onto the film. You don't know it until you see it. Like I shoot all those images. Uh, you know, obviously the Polaroids and the Instax comes out instantly. But especially the film, I look I look more forward to getting that film back because technically that's the harder to shoot. Polaroid just kind of comes out or it doesn't. But you obviously know what you're doing because they're always the best photos. I do. But I'm just saying there's always a variable there. Did the film process correctly? Was there light leaks? That kind of thing. Because I've have shot images with certain cameras and there's light leaks. And sometimes light leaks look cool. There's Hell, there's apps in the app store that add light leaks to your photos. But sometimes it can ruin but sometimes shit it can, Yeah, sometimes it can ruin it. So I'm always nervous to get those back. But so far, 100% far, so of the good. time... I send those over and they're overwhelmingly just a hit. And that's the most rewarding thing. What have been your biggest challenges so far in photography overall? I think obviously the biggest challenge is, I feel like I sound like a broken record, getting getting out of my head onto the film what I want and not feeling like I'm being repetitive. And a lot of people love the style of photography that I shoot. It's different from from other nude or boudoir style photographers, but at the same time trying to not shoot the same as all of my other shoots, yet keeping keeping my style there. That sounds challenging. It is challenging. Because I feel like you kind of have a narrow-ish window of like poses or setup or things like that. Yeah, like... Like there's only certain things, there's only so many poses you can do or there's... Okay. Exactly. But, like there's so many... But to be fair, that's the kind of mentality I sometimes have and that's not actually true. Like there's there's infinite poses you can do. There's infinite scenes or styles or this you can do. It's getting out of my head and not going, oh, I know this. And kind of getting out of your comfort zone. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like I know this style. If, if I just stick to this, it's going to come out fucking great just like all my other ones did. I think that's a huge challenge, and I think any photographer would answer that the same way, is trying to not shoot the same thing over and over again and getting out of their comfort zone and experimenting a little more. That's something I definitely need to do more of because as I look ahead to shoots that I have coming up, I don't want them all to look the same as the shoots that I've already done. I want every shoot to be distinct. I want every shoot to to have its own character aside from the person that I'm shooting because obviously they are all different characters. Um, but it should it should feel different. And the biggest challenge is not letting them all feel the same. Absolutely. I feel like that's probably also where having your digital camera probably makes it almost like brings it an easy step because you can try new things with that camera and see like not so, have the fuck up so, of like, well, that's an ugly ass photo absolutely. and you just wasted film. C correct. And th that's actually a very good point because part of me shooting digital, because I, I, when I, when I go to a photo shoot, my, my focus is on the film. It's on the Polaroids. It's on the 35 millimeter film. It's on the medium format film. 
that's that's where my head is. My head's not on the digital shots. However, I still take hundreds of digital shots when I go to a photo shoot because for two reasons. One, it lets me experiment. It lets me say, hey, do this weird pose or do this. Try, let's try this. And when I'm shooting that, I can instantly look at it and go, I don't like it. Yeah. It's a yes or a no. Exactly. The other thing that it does is shooting film is a slower process. So when I'm in a photo shoot, shooting film, every little movement or adjustment requires me adjusting the camera. They don't autofocus. It's all a manual process. So it's a slow process to shoot a film shoot. And then the good thing about having the digital camera, aside from the experimentation aspect of it, is you get to like speed up parts and have a little bit more fun and just let's try some shit. Just yeah, just keep moving. <clears throat> just do your thing and I'll take photos. Right. Which kind of is the reason why I always enjoy the film photos more because there's so much thought and effort put into them that shows in the photo. I don't necessarily like the digital ones as much. I think if, if I took the film mentality and shot digital with that film mentality, I think I would get different images in film. Well, I think it's just the fact that, you know, digital, you can take a million photos. It doesn't cost you less or more. Right. But you do have that, you know, the fact that you're... The cost limitation of not just being able to... Exactly. You have to make every shot count. Sure. So where with the digital, you're like, oh, that's easy. I can click on all the ones that I don't like, delete move on, take more, take more. Yeah. Just never ending. Yeah. And I mean, I, I probably should shoot digital in a more film style, but I don't know. I just, I, but that's also I a have, learning process. Well, like you're probably going to do more, more or less. It is a learning time. It is more of a learning process, but at the same time, this is going to sound so sappy, but like my heart is still with shooting the film, the film. I have such a love for it that it's hard to make a false connection to digital treating it like film i mean it doesn't have to be a false connection it's just a different one yeah but like you just have to find what's your own lovable approach <laughs> yeah. with digital yeah, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't have to be the same feeling sure but just something that feels less like just snapping photos yeah right so that's what i mean like that's going to be a learning process of like it's maybe one day you're gonna be like oh let's try this and you'll be like holy shit this is it yeah, that's yeah. my new approach Agreed. to it yeah just need Right time, right place. Exactly. And some infinite wisdom from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying. No, you, I get 90% of my good ideas are from you. That's not true. It's pretty true. Maybe it is. Yeah. You're a smart lady. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's That doesn't sound very humble, but I think I am. I mean, I've made it pretty far for, for how young I am. So I guess if you're stupid, you can't make it this far. You're doing pretty good for so, a coat check girl. Yeah. Now people are not going to understand. It's okay. Um, we'll get into that. Well, we can get into that right now. Chris and I met through Instagram. We did. A bit over seven years ago. I did not slide into her DMs because it was pre-DM. DMs did not exist back then. I slid into her comment section. That's not even true. Sure it was. No, you slid in my kick messenger. Well, comment section first, like commenting on photos, liking photos. I don't remember you commenting on my photos. Sure. I really don't. Absolutely. That That's how that all started. Really? Liking each other's photos, commenting on each other's photos. Also, how else would I just have randomly slid into your kick messenger? I'm about to say it. Oh, go for it. I was packing to move back to my parents 
And so that was also the the whole thing of Kick Messenger. Probably people probably don't even know what it is because I Jeez. don't even know if it's still an app. I, it, I it's it was pretty much. I think it came out at the same time as WhatsApp. No, WhatsApp had been around for a lot longer. But it was the same idea that basically you use it to text people outside. that have international numbers. Yeah, outside of regular texting. Yeah, so that was pre iMessage, which people probably right now are like, "What are iMessage?" Um, no, everyone knows what iMessage are. No, people. but you don't. You don't even call it like that because it's just. Sure, you do. I don't. Yeah, everyone does. It's pre the blue box. <laughs> like there was no blue bubble. <laughs> exactly. It's so basically me being in Canada and Chris in the U.S., even though we both had iPhones, we couldn't text. Did I have an iPhone? I think you had a BlackBerry at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. Because you actually, I think you got me my first I, iPhone. Yeah, I think you um, had a BlackBerry at the time. Yes, yeah, so I had a BlackBerry. Uh, but even if I did have an iPhone, because I had a Mac computer and we couldn't text through that. No, like I all of those things were not an option. No, I don't think that had come out yet. Yeah. So um, I had Kick Messenger and I was moving back to my parents. Wait, you had to have had an iPhone if you had Kick. Yeah. Yeah. And Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I posted on my Instagram what was like in my bio, I had Kick Messenger and what was my my username for it. So you can just message anyone, which was basically a third party DMs. And I just posted, I'm packing, I'm bored, entertain me. And just people, people that I mainly already knew was just messaging me. So I just had a bunch of conversations going on while I was packing. And Chris messaged me asking me, how was packing going? Yeah, and you had posted photos wearing like... That was a week after. Terror shorts. Yeah, that was my... It was actually Death Before Dishonor. Yeah, Death Before Dishonor shorts. Yeah, and probably... Uh, I don't even remember the name of the band, but I... Who knows? Yeah. Another hardcore band hoodie and whatnot. So we kind of just started talking about hardcore bands and yeah, what else? Just yeah, yeah, just just chatting. Yeah, whatever. And then we ended up out of nowhere, just slowly talking from once a day to a few times a day to all day long. Yeah. And then a few months later, I drove all the way to Washington D.C. Which is nine where I, hours. That's where I lived at the time. For those yeah. of you who don't know. I drove by myself for nine hours. I thought I would vomit because I was so goddamn nervous. I was borderline about to poop myself because I was so freaking out. And I pulled aside maybe like 15 minutes before getting to Chris, putting some makeup on my face to make sure that I was presentable. And then I showed up and we met in person. Yeah. And we've been dating since. Yeah, ever since. Which was crazy. Yeah. Which was January 28th of 2012. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just been it seems seven like years. forever ago and yesterday at the same time. I know. Like, I remember exactly how the, like, outside of the building looked. Yeah, it was we like a U-shaped turn in. You turned yep. in, just got out of and your car. And then we took the elevator and it was this, like, excited but awkward moment at the same time yeah. of, like... I don't even know what to say because yeah. I'm kind of speechless that we're standing in front of each other right yeah, it's now. It's like, I know you. I've ta been talking to you nonstop for the last however long. But but I don't know you at the same time. At the same time, I really don't know you yet. Yeah. So I don't know what to say to you in this awkward elevator. Yeah, because I feel like that's the thing. It's like we're so used to FaceTime or texting that you don't have 
awkward moments. You don't have blanks. Right. And, but yeah, in person it was like, oh, but then I feel like within like oh. an hour or not even. Yeah, minutes. It was just, this is it. Yeah, here we are. We're a couple. Yeah. Cool. We're married and we live in LA. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. But so when we met, I worked at a bar in Montreal as a co-check girl. Yeah. Of course, a lot of people that live in the warm places don't understand what a co-check girl does. That's true. Um, when you live in the North Pole, you... <laughs> 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 My wife is from the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, called Montreal. Exactly, which is the exact same. It's just as cold. Uh, it's so fucking freezing in the winter that obviously you're not going to freeze your ass in a lineup to get into a bar in your miniskirt with no jacket. Yeah. So what you're going to do is that you're going to wear your big fluffy jacket. And then when you come in, you go to the coat check window and you check your coat. And at the same time, you pay for your cover charge. Yeah. And then you go upstairs and attend the bar. And then at the end of the day, you bring me back your ticket and I give you your jacket and you have a fantastic night. That was Audrey's job when I met her. So that's what I was doing. I have to say it was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. Because first of all, because you're running around with people's winter coat, which are surprisingly heavy because you have to think that if it's snowing, everyone is bringing you a A wet ass parka. Yeah. When you have to run back and forth from the coat rack to the window holding five to ten wet parkas, it's just insane. Yeah, I was just, just running around. Fit. Yeah, I really was. It was kind of crazy. And so people tip you a lot. Yes. And so that was super fun. And I would basically start my shift at 9 p.m. and bar closed at 3. So then closing, so it leave at 5. And because of, you know, working there, it was pretty much drinking for free People were bringing us food. It was pretty great. Yeah. And the bar was also a really cool bar. It's called Fufun Electric, which basically means electric butts. Yes. That's pretty much what it is in French. It's this super old school. If we had a baby, that's what we would name it. (laughs) Fufun Electric. Electric butts. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, So, yeah, it's this super old school punk bar in Montreal that is just three stories. And, yeah, it was pretty rad. So that's where I worked when Chris met me. Yeah, and I lived in D.C. at the time and shortly thereafter moved to Montreal to figure out what her and I were doing for, what, a few months? I'm pretty sure I pretty much moved you to Canada like the first week of March. Yeah, and we were there until... we left... Montreal, we basically crossed the borders to come to the States on May 2nd. Yeah, so a couple months. Of, yeah, so we had been like officially dating and kind of living together. Yeah, So we had Montreal. been dating for three months, living together for two. Yeah. And we decided to pack my car and... Move to California. Yeah. And everyone told me I was absolutely crazy. She was. And I told people, well, first of all, it's my car. So if shit goes south, I'll be back. I'm driving my ass back and he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I'm going to leave his ass in California. Well, looks like it worked out because here we are. So far, so good. We're podcasting. Seven. <laughs> That's proof that it worked out. Yeah. So we've been together for seven years. We've made it. We have a podcast. And yes. And 
on March 15th. It's going to be our fifth wedding anniversary, wedding anniversary, which is insane. I know. It feels like we got married not even a year ago. Not even. Again, feels like Five yesterday years. and forever ago at the same time. That's crazy. Yeah. But also... So much has changed in five years. Oh, yeah. So much. Like, our life five years ago. Vastly different. And now, we're just two different people. Uh, agreed. We're not, both of us are not doing the same job. Nope. We're not living in the same place. Nope. We lived in Canada between where we were at and where we're now. Yes. Yeah. So much. So much has changed. But... Absolutely crazy. I think that just speaks to what happens when you put two people together who know what they want and aren't afraid to do the things that they want to make the things that they want happen. And also two that people... That sounded weird, but I think you guys know what I mean. And two people that are good at challenging each other. Agreed. Because I think that's one thing that as much as sometimes Chris challenged... Like, he has been telling me to do a podcast for a whole year. Uh, at least a year. And I've been telling him... To leave me the hell alone about it. Yeah, I gave up. I completely gave up. I, I was said, like, I'm if you mention podcasts one more time, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Because I think that's the one difference is that, obviously, I'm glad he did it because I would have probably not thought of doing that on my own. <laughs> However, <laughs> that was not even funny. No, it wasn't funny, but I feel like we needed some uh, laughter. How about some applause? Oh, there you go. Good job, Chris. Yeah, no bravo, problem. bravo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I was saying, I'm glad he put the idea in my mind. And then eventually, however, I think that's one thing that we're very different on. I make decisions on guts feelings for a very specific reason. It's been working out greatly my entire life, but I can deeply feel it when something when it's the right time to do something so i kept telling him i hear you but i'll do it when it feels right yeah and then finally we kind of like brought up the subject again over the christmas break and it was like okay let's try some podcast equipment yeah and see how that goes. And then once I put the headphones on my head, I was like, oh my God, this is actually so fun. And then that got rolling. But it had to feel right. I feel like if I had tried it before, I would have been like, it, it's just not the right time. That's fair. It has to be when, when it feels right. Yeah, I do love that we're kind of pushy with each other yeah. to push ourselves to do better and bigger things. Of course. But also we're very honest when we're like, okay, cool, but no. Sure. I mean, you have to, like, I don't understand how two people could be in a relationship together and not push the other one to be better than they are the day before. That's really goddamn common. I know, but I don't. And we know so many people like that. I don't understand that. I don't understand complacency. I don't I, understand people. The amount that, of couples that we know that the other, like, if one is successful, that the other one, instead of pushing them to, like, even greater things would just be bitter about it and well bring them down on like you're doing better than me blah 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 I don't there's know, a lot of people like that i don't know that we know too many people that way but i just know that there are people out there that way i feel like we surround ourselves which is a testament to the relationship that you and i have i feel like we surround ourselves with people who also support and push us and inspire us to do bigger and better things absolutely 
you know? I think that's also us getting older and wiser. You you see the, the things in other people better as you get older and how it relates to what you're doing with your life. When you look at your friends or you look at your peers and you look at the people that you're around, most often you think, I really love what they're doing. I'm inspired by what they're doing. Why am I not doing it? Absolutely. So, and that, I think that's, that's the same thing that happens in our relationship. Granted, most people don't do that in their relationship, I don't think. I think, I shouldn't say most people. I think not enough people do that in their relationship. And I think that's where you and I thrive as a couple is our challenges to each other. Not, we don't, you know, I issue this challenge to you yeah. today. <laughs> we don't do that. But so maybe many, we should. No, <laughs> no, that's so barbaric. <laughs> so medieval. Uh, so Game of Thrones. I know. See, that's why I was saying maybe we should do it. Anyway, what I think is I think the way that we push each other is so healthy and so successful because of how we do it. And the fact that like I told you at least a year ago, you need to do a podcast. You have a lot to say. You have a lot to offer. People should be able to hear it, not just the people that you're around every day. And you go, yeah, that could be cool. And that was all, the only response I would get from you. Yeah. And then. Because I knew it would be cool. But then it was just, it was sitting on the back of my mind until I was ready to uh, make it a cool thing. Agreed. But if I had stopped and that was the only time no, I had I have mentioned a really it, good. I have a really good memory. You have a good memory, but if I had stopped and not mentioned it ever again after the first time I told you you should have done it, I don't think we'd be doing it today. You would have remembered me telling you about it. But if I yeah. hadn't if I hadn't kept going, hey, whenever you decide to do your podcast, who are you going to have on it? <laughs> because I, you told me to stop asking about it. So I would stop asking you, when are you going to do it? And I would just start saying, hey, whenever you finally decide to do your podcast, have you thought about what I love that you just worded like, how can I work this yeah, back into a conversation? Exactly. <laughs> because I was challenging you. Yeah. Because it's not in your comfort zone to talk publicly to. A it's in my comfort zone to talk. It's not in my comfort zone to knowing that people are listening to me. Sure. Because I love talking. Sure. I talk a lot. Okay. Ask, ask the girls at the studio. Well, I talk a whole lot. Ask your husband. Yeah. <laughs> I talk a whole lot. I complain a whole lot more than I talk at home. I love complaining. That's fair, but, but we're, let's, let's not talk about that here. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Back I to what complaining. we were talking about. No, but I think the challenge, because we're talking about our relationship, and I think the challenge is that we pose on each other are what make our relationship successful. I think you challenge me to be better every day, not just in our relationship, but in life. And I challenge you to be better every day, not just in our relationship, but in life. Absolutely. In your career and the things that you do. Because I can see in you what you have to offer everyone else, and I think you should share that. Absolutely. Great. Um, and this is for you. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Bravo, bravo. Bravo, Audrey. Good job, me. It might sound kind of vague and not out of nowhere, but what would be your best advice for new couples out there? Best what What are the do's and don'ts for the newbies out there? For just people that are newly dating? Yeah. Number one, communication. Say how you feel. Say what bothers you. 
Talk about what you love until you're blue in the face about it. Even if they're tired of hearing about cameras, talk about cameras. But know that when they start talking about brows. Chris knows everything about brows. I know everything about brows. I'm a fucking brow expert. Yeah, he could probably do better brows than a lot of people out there now just from... I can do a decent brow on an iPad. Yeah, he actually can. Ask Bree. Yeah, we did a brow challenge on the iPad. Bree, I know you're listening. You know my brow was better than yours. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It actually was, which was quite hilarious. So new couples talk to each other. I cannot stress that enough. I think it's communication, number one. You agree? For any couple. Well, well yeah, yeah. As, but, but No, no, especially, especially new ones. Especially new couples. Because what I think happens with a lot of new couples is they get together and it's like, let me show you the best me. Oh, absolutely. Let me show you the best me. And then you just get to see the best me's for the first however long. Yeah. At least the first six months. And, and then it's slowly. She's over here talking about something I can't stand. But I'm not going to say anything about it because we're just getting to know each other. Yeah. I'm going to let it slide because we get to make out and have sex all the time. So I'm not going to say anything about her talking about her her damn cats all the time. (laughs) I'm going to let it slide. But you know what that does? That then builds you to a six-month relationship where you can't stand when she talks about her damn cat or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. No offense to cat people. (laughs) Then, you know, six, eight months into it, you go, it's too late. Gosh, can you just stop talking about the fucking cat? Yeah. Yeah, you just break. And you're annoyed and you're broken. Yeah. When in the beginning, if you just said, hey, let's talk about this. Or, you know, like every time I yeah. bring this up, you bring up the cats. Let's let's talk about something else. Or or maybe instead of I'm just not much being of a cat person. annoyed right away, maybe just actually put some interest in it and see where that takes you. That Because you never know. That too. Like venture a new thing that, yeah. you know what, that might actually change your mind on how you feel about cats. 100%. And then you might become a cat person. It all comes down to talking and like expressing yourself and making sure that that other person never wonders how you feel. Absolutely. Don't hide your feelings. If there's something that bothers you or something that makes you happy, tell them. Talk to them about it. And it makes me think of something that I feel like people don't talk about enough because we always talk about communicate for a happy relationship and, you know, a good friendship or whatnot. But you're allowed to be unhappy. And it's normal. You're allowed, yeah. But you have to understand that you have the right to be unhappy. Don't ride that wave. No. Leave. Right. That's, I feel like that's one thing is that you find a person and then you have to stay with them and whatnot. And then you kind of have this fake relationship that you just suppress your unhappiness and then it becomes security because and it's a comfort easy. zone. It's like easier to stay in the relationship than it is to just say, I'm unhappy. Exactly. Fuck the shit. I got to get out. Don't want to start over. But what am I going to do? Make peace with yourself that you are allowed to not be happy anymore. You're allowed to think that you deserve better. Right. And you're allowed to sit down, have a conversation, explain that, hey, we are not at the same place anymore. It's time to go. Yes. And... Start fresh. Yes. There's nothing wrong about There's it. There's absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, it's the the best thing that you can do. It's the healthiest way. 
Because you're wasting your life away if you're sitting in a relationship that you're not happy with, but you're staying there because it, you perceive it as easier than leaving. Yeah. Oh, but he makes all the money. So, you know, what I'm, I don't. A lot of the time, finance, like just the financial stability yes. of a couple, like when you get used to two income and you yeah. live on, and I completely understand, but at the end of the day, Holy shit, it's not worth oh, it's it. It's not worth it. It's not worth I'd, it. At I'd all. rather be stripped of anything Ev I have. Everything I have. And start literally from zero yeah. than be miserable with someone that like because as at some point you're gonna be so unhappy that the person you used to love, now you're gonna have so much resentment, That's you're gonna hate them. This is not where I'm going to go into details about it, but I'm speaking from experience. Being in a relationship, unhappy, unfulfilled, knowing that the relationship is no good, but staying in it because it's easy. And and it's scary. It's super scary. Like thinking about having to start over and have nothing and rebuild your practically your entire life is terrifying. But in hindsight, when I started having those feelings and when I started wanting to be happy again, and not be resentful. If I all that time that I that I wasted because it was easy, I can't get that time back. And so when you're in there, if if the communication is broken down and you can't talk about it and the relationship is is done, but it's you're over. staying because it's easy, it's over. Get out. Yeah. It's never I mean, granted, some people it you know, they fix it, but I feel like most of the time when they do fix it They leave yeah. and then reconnect yeah, down the road. That's true. That's true. And I'm speaking from experience from watching my parents go through that mm -hmm. of just being unhappy. To, but comfortable because exactly. They, they kind of just went from like the roommate yeah, relationship right. that, you know, you own a house, you have cars, you have a you, kid. Yeah, you have a kid, you have, you know, everything is. You know, joined bank account, joined blah, 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 like yeah. retirement funds. It just like, seems so much easier to just be roommates yeah. than to... Like the idea of like, oh my God, we have to split everything in half yeah. and move into apartments and whatnot. But the crazy thing is you have that adult conversation with each other as adults. Yeah. And you say, hey, we're neither of us are happy. We're just doing this like because it's easy and safe and we're just yeah. living together. As roommates. It just became a habit. Just it became your out routine. Out of habit, yeah. Why? We're wasting our lives. We're not getting any younger. We should be experiencing our lives the way we want to experience it. Let's just split it up. Exactly. And watching my parents now that, you know, they finally split up after 30-something years together. Yeah. And they went from fighting every day mm -hmm. because they were unhappy but not telling each other. Right. To now... They live their own life, but they're also best friends. Of course. Because they were like, oh, this whole time we were just obviously getting along together. There's just no more romance to it. Right. There's no love. Right. There's no. Well, there is still there, love. Yeah, There's just love, not but romance. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like love in like a friend, more of a yeah. friend way than not. You're not in love anymore. Oh, they love each other. They're just not in yeah, love with each other exactly. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. So new couples communicate, but. Don't, But also don't stay don't in ignore, a relationship. Don't if, ignore the way you feel. Exactly. 
if it's good or bad. Yeah. Just be honest with however you feel. Communication and honesty cannot be overlooked. And also, I feel like if everyone would communicate when they reach the level of being unhappy, cheating would not be a thing. No. Because people would be like, hey, guess what? This is not working out anymore. I'm out. And now you can do what you want to do. You can be with whoever you sure. want. Yeah. But people suppressing that feeling of like, eh, but this is easy. And then yep. it derails. So yeah, communication yeah. is going to save you just a whole lot of heartaches and yeah. whatnot. Yep. And just brings you the right person at the right time. And just build a strong relationship from day one. Agreed. Just hang in there, new couples. Yeah. There's hope. There's hope. There is But hope. when there's not hope, get the fuck out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when the hope is gone, run. <laughs> don't hang around. Yeah, don't be scared. Put your shoes on and run. <laughs> Leave everything else behind. Exactly. You don't need any of it. Just take off. Very random question, but I feel the need to ask. How do you feel about eloping versus a regular wedding? Honestly, I think it depends on the person. I think there are people that want and are made for a wedding. I think it's special to them because it gives them a an event that in their memories they can go back and look at and go, this is the day I married my partner. All my friends were there. My family was there. We had a party. It was amazing. When I think about that, like I think about Derek and Julie's wedding. They, Man, it was so much fun. What an amazing day they have that they can, in their memories, in their photos, they can look back on it and think, everyone that was important to me was there. We partied. It was so much fun. I think that's amazing. I also think that it's not necessary to do that. I think that the love two people have for each other is the only thing that matters. And so I also think that eloping is so amazing because what an amazing thing to say, I love you so much. I just want to run away with you yeah, and become your husband or your wife. Like I don't need to make a big deal out of it. I, I just want to be, I don't your need spouse. my family there. I don't need my friends there. I don't need my, I don't need anyone there. I just need you. And we're going to be husband and wife after this. And we're going to go have an amazing time because that's also a memory of an event that the two of you can look back on. Absolutely. I don't think there is a, a right answer. I think the answer is whatever you and your partner feel comfortable with and whatever memory that you and your partner want to want to have to look back on when you're 60 or 70 years old. Yeah. It's a very I, yeah, I think it's a very just a unique experience both ways. Yeah. Like it's a unique experience. It really depends what yeah because i fucking love stories of like oh hey we went me and so and so went and got like married michelle and danny michelle and danny oh yeah by the way guys we're married yeah literally got a text of like what's up <laughs> look we're married hey, we're and married yeah you know i, I mean, mean ashley and klaus, ashley the same and klaus thing. like yeah. out, of, out of nowhere they kind of did a combination which yeah. was rad they like a tiny, tiny... Like a tiny, tiny ceremony, but at the same time, it was just like, boom, we're fucking married. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, which was, I mean, when you pull yourself away from it and you look at it from a high level, like Michelle and Danny's way is totally Michelle and Danny. Exactly. 
hey fuckers, we're married. Yeah. <laughs> when you look, when you pull yourself away and you look at Ashley and Klaus's way, that's so them. It's so them. A little ceremony. Klaus yeah. dressed up like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. But still, a little bit of a you know, like it's kind of an you, we Yeah, like we broke the rules and yeah. we did it our way. Yeah. And when you look at Derek and Julie's wedding, so Derek and Julie. Yeah, just nailed it. Family, like, friends, party, just. Just the best time. Just the best time for everyone. Yeah, the you best know, venue. The best venue. Decoration, everything. Just nailed it. The best photographer, Matt Miller. Yeah. I mean, like. the Just best, a great experience just for everyone. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when you pull yourself away and you take your own opinions out of it, which like I just said, I don't really have an opinion. I think it depends on the person but when you pull yourself away it's like the people that we know in the kind of three very different ways of getting married it was perfect for that couple same for us the yeah only, i don't even know what category we fall in well we we had a wedding we didn't elope we fall in a 90 day fiance if he's a <laughs> yeah. tv show we, we that's fall into what a, we should yeah, be yeah our category is an immigration required wedding exactly <laughs> um you know, same with ours. The only difference I would say with ours is I wish that our our parents had been there. Yeah. And I think that's the one reason that we've been talking. We actually had been saying that we would renew our vows at five years. And so now we it's could five have. Years and we didn't plan anything. Yeah. And now I think the five years really creeped on us. And it's like, oh my God, we're so not ready to throw a reception. Yeah. But yeah. Nor I do feel we have like time. It's in two weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just feel like, yeah, I think that there's just that one little thing missing that I always go back and forth on yeah. it that at the same time, I don't want to throw pretty much that expensive party. No. If you put it that way. Agreed. But at the end of the day, we always go back that, you know, my parents didn't see me in a wedding dress. I, yeah, there's just a lot of little details yeah. that... It's still kind of missing. I agree. That I feel like we're going to have to do something. Yeah. I think think it'll be just something. Also, the fact that we've been together for seven years and our parents have not met. I know. Which is insane when you think about it. Yeah, they've never met each other. But yeah. My dad said the other day, oh, I can't wait to like one day meet Audrey's parents. I know. And I was like, fuck, they have never met. I know. Every time I remember, it just blows my mind. Every time I think about it, uh, first of all, I want them to meet so bad. Second of all. I'm also really nervous. For everyone listening, there's no reason they haven't met. There's no. It's it's just that they just haven't met. My parents live in Kentucky. Her parents live in Montreal. And yeah, it's not the, like they're next to each other. Yeah, so. Getting the four of them together is just logistically hasn't and worked out. Your parents have never been to Canada. That's right. But also what stresses me out is that because your parents are from Kentucky, they both have a very thick Southern accent. They do. And your parents which, have a very, very French accent. Yeah. So. My parents have an insanely French accent. Yeah. And most of them, like I know for a fact that neither of my parents are going to understand your parents. Right. So I know that when they meet, I pretty much have to be standing Translating. in the middle sure. of being like, this is what, so it's like my mom and your mom can't like venture to the side and my dad and your dad. Like, yeah. I think that's what stresses me out, that it has to be the four of them together and it's going to be six, very. The six of us together. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just mean like they can't 
Yeah. They can't, you know, bond separately. Oh, I know. Like it has to be the four of them and it's going to feel like when you go to a foreign country and you're talking with Google Translate, that's pretty much what it's going to be. Yeah. And I think that's what stresses me out because yeah. even I've been speaking English for so long and I met your parents and I was so <laughs> clueless of what I they know. were saying at first and they were clueless of what I was saying. I know. And my accent was nowhere as thick as my parents are. That's right. So that's a bit terrifying to me, it but is. I'm also really excited for them to meet one day. Yeah, absolutely. So one of these days. Yeah. One day. One day we're going to do like a legit Christmas. Yeah. With, so it's order we're gonna meet one Christmas or whenever we do our wedding reception. Yeah, whichever comes first. We'll see. Yeah, but I'm excited for that. Me too. And I'm excited for one day throwing a reception. Yeah, a sugar shack reception. Yes. Oh yeah. Everyone listening right now is invited. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. We'll f- we'll put it on the internet. That's Absolutely what I mean. Absolutely not. You can watch it live. Oh yeah, that ooh, that would be fun. See. Everyone oh, yeah. listening on right now is invited. Yeah, that's true. That could the internet. be fun. Yeah. Do like a little live live segment of the wedding. Good idea. See? Look at that. Just throwing ideas out. Challenging you. Yeah. Don't challenge me to a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, babe. Yes. I have to say, I am so proud of you. Thank you. Like for what? So proud of you for everything. Oh. Just for how far you've come as a person. And as a photographer, thank you. Just everything. I'm proud You're of you. You're just really growing as an artist. Thank which you. Which I feel like when I met you, I had no idea that you had this artist within you. Mm, I don't think I knew. Well, I'm glad it came out. I think you brought that out in me. Well, good. Which speaks to our relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like it speaks to, yeah, we've, we're both doing completely different things than what we were doing when we met in a very positive way. Yes. That we've both found our light. That's a great That's way to put probably it. probably the, yeah. We both found our light yeah. and we're just shining brighter by the day. Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah. Let's go, Rihanna. <laughs> So well, I'm proud of you too because people have known who you are for a very long time on the internet. When I met you, you had you know that t- Instagram life, ten thousand followers or thirteen thousand followers or I don't know. You had a lot. I was surprised you even gave me the time of the day with probably I had two hundred maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So people have been following your journey for a long time and watched you go from a coat check girl at a at a bar, at, you know, at electric butt. And so to be where you are today, and to be quite honest, you're only getting started. I wish people that are listening to this right now knew the things that are coming for you and the things that are in your future that only you and I know about. To see you come from someone working, you know, in a bar three nights a week, checking in people's coats to the successful business person that you are now and the things that you have coming. I think you don't understand how proud of that I am. Well, thank you, babe. You're going to make me cry. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, I know that I push you a lot, but no one pushes you harder than you do. That's true. I'm hard on myself. You are hard on yourself. And you also, as hard as you are on yourself, you don't give yourself enough credit for the things that you do do. You're hard on yourself to do bigger and better. But then once you do bigger and better, 
you don't give yourself credit for the bigger and better that you just did. And no, because I'm busy pushing for more right. bigger and better. And that's and that's exactly what you should do. And that's exactly what you know. That's one. I'm of the learning to take a step back and being proud of myself and rewarding myself. But yeah, it's it's hard. So thank you for what you said, but also know that. I couldn't be more yeah, proud of you. But this is not about me. It's about you. Well, that's fine. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but I'm more proud. No, I'm proud of you. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm just very... And all those people are proud of us, too. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that crowd. It's amazing. I'm really excited to see what you have to bring to the table more and more. I've got big plans. And I'm really excited. I'm excited to see those plans coming to life, and I'm excited for everyone to see those plans coming to life. And I'm more excited to share them than I am to do them. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, people are going to have to... Sharing with the world is the best part of taking those photos. It is. I can see that. Yeah. Well, people are going to have to stay tuned to see what you have up your sleeve. And thank you so much for taking the time to... Spend those couple hours with me, yeah. just chatting, thanks, thanks listening for, to me, asking you a bunch of questions. Thanks for having me over to your beautiful home. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I designed it myself. <laughs> You've done a wonderful job with the place. I can't wait to come back soon. Wonderful. Good thing you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I love you, babe. Love you, babe. Thank you so much. You're the best. See Bye, you guys, guys later. Bye.